Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome to today's program. You are listening to Calvary Live, and I would encourage you to call that number, 303-690-3000, and be on the program. And you can call that number and ask questions, uh, maybe that your Bible reading has brought up, or maybe you heard a teaching, you want some clarity and understanding and my name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm usually with you on Fridays, and I'm here with you once again uh, to take your calls and your prayer requests at 303-690-3000. I hope you're having a good end to the work week for many of you, uh, and uh, as you find yourself perhaps uh, at home making a snack for the kids, or maybe you're taking a walk, or maybe you find yourself uh, at the office or working somewhere, uh, maybe you're out in the field somewhere up here in northern Colorado. If you have opportunity, give me a call. I'd love to talk with you about the things of the Lord. Those lines are all open right now. Grab one of those open lines at 303-690-3000. You can be on the show. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners here in Colorado, southern Wyoming, into the panhandle of Nebraska. Love to really hear from somebody from Nebraska. I know I've heard from people uh, coming into Greeley from Nebraska, and, and they say they pick up the station there. And so, uh, if you can hear us, please give me a call. Let me know that uh, that uh, you're listening, and you can ask a question or a prayer request. I'd love to pray for you guys out there. And then also, uh, just want to welcome uh, all of you that perhaps as you're ending the the work week, maybe you're on your way camping or something, and. Uh, you can give me a call, and just keep in mind that a lot of those areas up here in northern Colorado, uh, as you go up to Estes Park or Red Feathers or in the Snowies, even in Wyoming, you can pick up Grace FM. So just want to remind you of that, 303-690-3000. Also, I want to welcome all those on the East Coast uh, listening in on Hope FM and Truth FM. You, too, can call at 303 690 3,000 is the number to call you guys. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. I'm so glad that uh, you're calling in and asking questions and uh, giving your prayer requests. And uh, you are week delayed in the broadcast. But I also know that many of you are listening online. So I want to welcome all the online listeners as well. Anywhere in the country, you can call and uh, you can uh, be a part of the program, 303-690-3000. And usually if you grab one of those open lines early, we're going to get you right on the program, and we can talk about the things of the Lord. So let's end the work week in a real positive note and in a way that's uh, a blessing and benefit to all that are listening. And uh, what a, a privilege it is for us to be able to come together and go to God's Word and search God's Word, which is truth, and to be able to be guided by him and comforted by him, uh, to know that we can go to the throne of grace in time of need. Also, there's another means, as most of you know, that are uh, regular listeners to uh, Calvary Live, that you can 
text in a question or a prayer request. It's a dedicated text line. And so that number is 720-336-0897. Let me say that again, 720-336-0897. So let me know you're out there. I know that as summer comes, many of you are traveling or about uh, the busyness of the weekend with baseball games or other things, but uh, we have all open lines right now, so I'm going to wait for you to call in. And uh, in the meantime, I do want to start to show this weekend uh, for Grace FM listeners and those of you listening online uh, that it is a Father's Day coming up on Sunday. So be sure to uh, bless uh, the fathers that are out there. And, and uh, I want to pray for the fathers, the ministry that we have. I was reading in Ephesians chapter 6, one simple verse that is given to us as fathers, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And that's a responsibility that is given to us as dads. And being a dad of four uh, kids myself, they're not kids anymore, they're young adults, but raising them up, uh, I, I really realize more and more how important it is that we as fathers, because even though my kids are my children, uh, my sons and my daughters are young adults, uh, that I still have a ministry to them. And to be able to pray for them and pray with them, to always point them to the Lord, uh, to always remind them of the Word of God, uh, and to encourage them in the things of the Lord. And I just want to encourage all you dads that are out there that minister to your children. It's a priority. Uh, Your family is a priority, and especially in a day in which we're living in, where they are getting bombarded with those things that are not true, those things that um, are uh, bad and they are immoral, and those things that will lead them away from the Lord are bombarded them all the time. So make sure you protect your home as best you can. Uh, Make sure that you're uh, teaching them the Word of God uh, constantly and continually. Uh, Make sure that you're uh, dealing with their hearts as you're raising them up in in the ways of the Lord, and and we need to keep them close to the Lord. So I want to pray for your dads on the show today. In the meantime, give me a call. We have all open lines, and it's Friday. I, I know that things uh, can be a little busy, but if you have opportunity, I'd love to talk to you uh, as you have questions or maybe a prayer request. Dads, if you want prayer for your family, please give me a call at 303-690-3000. But Lord, as we enter into Father's Day, I thank you for the ministry of fathers, all those who are listening out there. And we are raising our children in a time where Paul would say evil men and imposters are growing worse and worse. And we are given divine instruction, and we are commissioned to raise our children in the admonition and instruction of the Lord, the training of the Lord. Help us to do that. Help us to uh, just raise them up in a way where they know truth, uh, where they uh, are uh, receiving the uh, the love of Jesus Christ, uh, that they are reminded of the Word of God constantly, Give us wisdom in raising our children, especially in a culture that's trying to take them away. And there's two things that we can give them as fathers, and that is God's love and God's truth. And help us to do that. So I pray that you bless every father that's out there, that you would just be with them. And those who are going through difficulty and and, and perhaps were um, whatever the 
upheaval or, or uh, strain in the family is, that wherever you have them, to be the Father that you've called them to be. So, Lord, I thank you for uh, Father's Day. We thank you for the ministry of fathers that you've given to us. And, Lord, we need your help. We need your help. So please help us in that. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, uh, fathers, happy Father's Day this weekend. Hey, we got open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the program. And then uh, dedicated text line is 720-336-0897. On Sunday, on Father's Day, we're going to continue in the book of Romans here at Calvary Greeley. It's been an incredible study. We love that book, and and uh, so come join us in chapter 14 uh, as we talk about our liberty in Christ. And uh, we uh, have liberty as Christians. There there are um, certain things, commands and precepts that are given to us uh, that we are to contend earnestly for the faith, as James says, to, to live a life pleasing to the Lord. We've been learning that in the book of Romans, that uh, living in grace doesn't mean we just live any way that we want, that should we continue in grace that sin abounds, Paul writes. He says, no, we're dead to that stuff, chapter 6. Chapter 7, we're dead to the law, so we can be joined to another, that is Jesus Christ. Chapter 8, we walk in the Spirit. We live a life pleasing to Him. Chapter 12, we're to be a living sacrifice. But when it comes to issues of, of doubtful things, he says, don't dispute over those things. And he gives us the, the law of love, um, how we are to respond in those uh, times. And uh, so it's going to be very helpful. Hope you can come join us. If you're in the Greeley area, we have three Sunday morning services at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock as we continue through the book of Romans chapter 14. I think you'll find it to be most helpful, especially where there's a lot of debate and discussion on certain topics in the church today. Hey, we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000, but let's go ahead and let's uh, talk to John in Cheyenne. John? Pastor, Pastor Jeff, how are you? Good. How are you, John? Thanks for I'm calling. Doing, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for all you do. May God bless everything you do as well. I have a oh, question about sure. my own personal devotion with the Lord. It's, uh, you know, they say how you must die to yourself right. and pick up your cross. It feels to me like there's something that I haven't killed or turned over to the Lord and given Him that. Right. How, right. how do you search these things? How do you know that? I can't tell what it is. That, I guess is my question. Well, that's a good question, and I think it's a question and something that um, it's a continual process of dying. I think there's a dying every day to the Lord. Um, and for me, I, I think that, yes, I haven't arrived at that point, John, of, oh, I've died completely to myself and pick up my cross and follow him. It, it is something that I understand that I need the Lord to help me to do that. Here's something to think about, John, that the Lord never asked us to do something that he wasn't willing to do. And when I first read that verse, you die to self, pick up your cross, and follow after me, I kind of pictured Jesus 
out in front of me saying, come on, suck it up, you know, grit your teeth and be strong. And and be strong and courageous are, are, is a commandment given to us, but just kind of like he's cheering me on and, you know, and I'm here carrying this cross and trying to be the dad that he wants me to be, be the pastor that he wants me to be, to be the husband that he's called me to be, the man of God that he's called me to be. And, you know, you realize your frailties, you realize your shortcomings, and that's constantly before us. And I think I can be selfish at times. I, I think about my own needs, um, all these things. And I think that's a struggle that we all have. And I've come to realize that, you know, even Jesus, when he took the cross, he collapsed under the weight of it. And, and it was Simon that, that helped him carry it up. And I think that it just reminds me as I think of that picture, how Jesus carried his cross, that Jesus is there for me to help me. And I am to follow him. And dying to self, I think, is a daily thing of, Lord, help me to live for you, to be that living sacrifice. Lord, um, to, it's, you know, to uh, die to my thing and to live a life pleasing to you. Um, and when you get there where you can say, I've completely died to myself, please let me know, because I cannot honestly say that I have been there. Um, I think about, Lord, am I completely surrendered to you? Lord, am I completely, you know, dedicated to you? And and I fall short of that. And I remember listening to my pastor, Pastor Chuck Smith, say at a men's conference, what God can do with a man who's completely surrendered to him. And then Pastor Chuck said, and this is at the end of his life, you know, a few years before he goes home, he says, I have not been that man. And I think, if you haven't been that man, Pastor Chuck, you know, I've really fallen short. So we need the Lord's help in that. I think it's a prayer of, Lord, help me to die to self every day. Um, and Lord, to my thing, to my selfishness, and Lord, to live for you. And and it's uh, a work of the Spirit. We can't do it in our own flesh. Because I don't know if you're like me, John, have that picture of, you know, i got to tough it out. I got to eat glass, you know, I got to, you know, be tough and all of this. And we end up failing when we have that mindset. Yeah, I, I, my question was more about it seems like I'm not quite ful- fulfilled or fulfilled. I don't know which it is. You know, when there's you, something, you, there's an obstruction between me and my faith. There's. Well, there some, can be a lot of pulls. There, there's the world. Um, there's the flesh, you know, because there's that constant worrying. That's partly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That we want to please our flesh. You know, the world pulls at us. Um, you know, the temptations that are there, and, and that's are the things that we battle with. We don't, you know, you know, we battle with those things in our lives. Three things that we war against: the flesh, the world, and the enemy. And and those things can cause us to look inwardly and to not die to self. And that's why it's a daily process of, you know, dying to self, praying to the Lord, I need your help, Lord. And Lord, um, and as we do, I think you will find that fulfillment. And as we keep, I think the, the main thing is keep your eyes fixed on him. And as we do, as we live in his love, as we walk in his grace, then that fulfillment is going to come. And uh, But what happens oftentimes is the world and the flesh we want to fulfill it instead, and we war against all that. So uh, hopefully that helps John a little bit. A ton, a ton. 
Yes. Thank you very much. God bless you. You know, John, I can't wait till we're out of this flesh. <laughs> and, you know, when we go home to be with the Lord and we're glorified and no more struggle with it. But the flesh, you know, Paul writes about, you might read Ephesians 6. That might be a good reference for you. And um, let me read it to you and then we'll continue on with the callers. But it has helped me a lot in, in uh, not Ephesians 6, but Galatians chapter 6, excuse me. And let me pull it up for you. And um, it's actually chapter 5. Paul says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so you do not do the things that you wish. And I think that's kind of maybe what you're expressing to me is uh, that comes from Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, and he goes on and he says, Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So it has to be the spirit and dependency upon the Lord in a yielding and humility before the Lord on a daily basis. Oh, yeah, that that's very clear, isn't it? Yeah, very clear. Hey, okay. John, can I pray for you before hey, I let you go? Thank you very much. Father, I thank you for John calling, and he asked a very important question. And, and Lord, we are commanded, it's told to us, if we're going to be your disciples, to die to self, not to live for self, but to die to self, pick up our cross and follow after you. And and as we, you know, lose ourselves, we will find, you know, life is what you said. And um, so, Lord, I pray for John, I pray for all of us, that, that, Lord, that we would just walk in the Spirit, depend on you, allow you to, to do that work in us. And, Lord, we have the poles of the flesh and of the world and um, the, 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 the lust within. And, Lord, we're told to put that aside and put on Christ. So, Lord, help John to do that. Help us all to do that on a daily basis. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, brother. Bless you, too, brother. Thanks. Thank you. You bet. Have a good weekend. Okay, when somebody hangs up, we got an open line, but let's go ahead to Kathy and Parker. Hi, Pastor Jeff. Kathy? This is Kathy. How are you today? Good, thank you. My, I have a question for you about salvation. Um, my father recently passed away this last Monday. He had been battling some illnesses, and he went rather quickly, quicklier than we expected. But I got to fly out there and be by his bedside. And, and a few days before he passed away, I held his hand and I said, Daddy, please pray with me. And I just led him in a really um, simple prayer, just five words. And I said, Jesus, come into my heart. And then he repeated it. And I just want to know, do you think that's a true salvation? I mean, I didn't have any scripture to tell him. He, he wasn't in any condition to really have a conversation. But he did, that did come out of his mouth. He did repeat. And I just hope that that's a true salvation and that he is in heaven now. And Kathy, I want to say, first of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, I know... Uh, the feeling of losing a dad and through illnesses and when my father passed away and you know you did the right thing you did the right thing by going out and just praying with him when you were talking it reminded me of uh, another man that was in his last moments of his life and he prayed a very simple prayer he said lord remember me he said lord remember me when you come you know into your kingdom 
That's all he said. He didn't have scripture. You know, and in that moment, he threw himself on the mercy of our Lord. And the Lord would say to him, before the sun is set, you'll be with me in paradise. The Lord knows your dad's heart, and he honors that. And he knows that those who belong to him, and you can trust the Lord with that. The Lord is so gracious. He's so good. And so as you were speaking, it reminded me of that man who threw his mercy on you know, the Lord um, who died for him and who also died for your father. And so you just um, stand on the compassion and mercy of our Lord. And the Lord is the ultimate judge, Kathy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he prayed those prayers. And he said, Lord, you know, uh, come into my heart. And the Lord honors the heart. So I want to give you some hope in that. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I'm very passionate about, Kathy, is telling people that it is faith alone in Jesus that brings salvation. Um, it isn't what we do for him. Now, now that we're saved, we get to live a life for him. Those things are important, but when it comes to salvation, it is faith alone in Jesus Christ. And um, even on those last moments, I, I am encouraged by Greg Laurie. I've heard Greg Laurie, who is you know a great evangelist, that I've heard him speak about you know uh, praying for your loved ones, you know, as they're in their last moments. It's not too late, and it wasn't too late for you. So right. we can just trust the Lord with all of that. All right, that's very comforting. Thank you. Can I pray? Can I pray for you, Kathy? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Father, I thank you that we can come to you with simplicity of heart, that we don't have to have, you know, a long uh, a prayer, but, Lord, a simple faith as a child. And that Kathy would just have that hope uh, in her heart that you heard her father because you do. And, um, and Lord, I just pray that uh, she would just have a peace. The Lord would give her that. And, Lord, we thank you so much that Jesus cried from the cross, it is finished, that he did the work and paid the price, and now we just come in childlike faith calling out to him. So, Lord, thank you that we can, even up to our last moments, throw ourselves on your mercy and on your incredible grace and love. And I just pray for Kathy as she's going through the grieving process of a daughter for her father. And, Lord, it's hard and it's difficult, uh, but, Lord, I do pray um, that you would be one that would just give her a peace that rules in her heart. And, Lord, comfort with the comfort that only you can give. And, Lord, that she would perceive your presence and that you would bless her and strengthen her at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You bet, that. Kathy. You bet. Anytime. And you have a good weekend, okay? All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I think we got a couple open lines. We have two of them, I'm being told. So grab one of those open lines. Maybe you need prayer. Um, we've been praying for dads, and Kathy prayed for the loss of her dad. Maybe you're going through some loss or trial. Uh, we're here to minister to you, to bless you in any way that we can. Um, so let's go to, let's continue with the phone lines. Let's go to Diana in Aurora. Diana? Diana, are you there? Diana? 
did are you there, Diana? Okay, I don't know if we lost Diana, um, but uh, Diana, if you get a chance, um, she uh, we lost her. She had a question. We can go ahead and answer that question. And Diana, if you want to discuss further on it, we can certainly do that. Um, when the Bible um, says to pray, she had a, a question about praying for Israel. How should we pray for them? And um, you know, the Psalms talk about praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, and uh, you know, all throughout the the Psalms and stuff, praying for uh, God's people. Those prayers are given there. And we can pray for Israel. We can pray uh, for all the nations, but just to pray, uh, God has a plan for them. God's using them. They're going to be the center of Bible prophecy, the end times. God's not through with them. Paul would uh, pray in Romans, um, in those chapters 9, 10, 11, he said, I pray for my countrymen. And um, and uh, he uh, said that I pray for their salvation. And, and so we can pray for their salvation, for uh, the Jewish people, um, that God would uh, pour out his spirit in the land. Those are all ways that you can pray f- uh, for uh, Israel. So um, anyway, Diana, if you get a chance, give me a call back. We can talk about specifically what it is that you are wanting to talk about, um, and uh, we'll kind of take it from there. So, hey, let's go to, before we go to break, let's go to Lori in Denver. Lori? Hello. Yes. How are you? How are you, Lori? I'm good. You're on Calvary Live. Yeah. Hi. Um, So I listen to your show a lot, and I hear a lot of the sermons, and lately I've heard a couple different times about talking about um, Melchizedek and him being a king and a priest and how a lot of people argue that that can't be because it's not allowed, and he's not from the line of Aaron, and they talk about how he's a representation of Jesus and that. But, and I may be getting all of this wrong and the point of all of it wrong, but isn't one of the biggest arguments for that is that because of I can't say it now. Melchizedek. Um, <laughs> Melchizedek, My yes. tongue doesn't want to work. Um, hey, that's okay. That you can't argue that he wasn't from the line of Aaron and that that wasn't allowed because he that was all before Aaron was even born, before God established that law in the first place. Right. So Yeah, let me, me kind of... Yeah, you're probably wondering how can he be um, king and priest, right? No, I mean, I don't see a problem with him being king and priest because God hadn't established any of that stuff. And how can people argue that that that's an issue because he's not from the line of Aaron when Aaron wasn't even born then? (laughs) Right, yeah. And I think, uh, um, you know, the book of Hebrews and I think perhaps that we're broadcasting that on our our radio program under the fig tree. But the writer uh, is writing, and the audience is those Hebrew um, believers, and so they're very Uh versed in the Old Testament. So they may read this and think, well, how can he be both king and priest? Um, Because he's from the tribe of Judah, Jesus was. And we know Uh that the priests, 
that priestly lines only from the tribe of Levi, and the priests were direct descendants mm-hmm. of Aaron. So that's mm-hmm. why the whole concept okay. is brought up about Melchizedek. He comes. That's the whole thing about the book of Hebrews. And um, and so as we read the book of Hebrews, and Lori, you may hear music here in just a minute. And if okay. you do, I want you to hold on. I'm going to finish my thought, but it's a good question what you're asking. And I think it's very important for us to understand the book of Hebrews because the whole theme of Hebrews is Jesus is superior. Um, right. He's superior to the angels. He's superior to any of the religious leaders. He ministers in a superior sanctuary. He comes from a superior priesthood. And that was very important for them to understand. Um, and a very important thing, particularly when it comes to the priesthood from the tribe of uh, Levi, the, the direct descendants of Aaron, that he comes from another priesthood. So you hear the music. If you can just hang on, we're going to be back in about 90 seconds, okay? And then sure. we'll continue our discussion. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. We had a great first half and great questions and uh, so blessed to be with you. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley and uh, we have an open line, so grab one of those open lines. We've got plenty of time in the program 303-690-3000. I'm going to give you that text line again, dedicated text line to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request. And that's 720-336-0897. So glad that you've joined us for Calvary Live. We were having a discussion and with Lori from Denver. She's asking about Melchizedek, the priesthood of Jesus. Are you still with us, Lori? Yes, I am. Thanks for holding. I really appreciate it. But to the <clears throat> what we were talking about is the book of Hebrews talks about Jesus is from a superior priesthood because the the Jewish reader the Hebrew reader would say well Jesus is disqualified from being a priest because he isn't from the tribe of Levi so here the writer of Hebrews makes the case that he's from a superior priesthood that lasts forever and so he he talks about that in uh, chapter seven um, that you're priest forever after the order of Melchizedek um, and the greatness of the new priest. And um, we know that we can go to the book of Genesis where that was, Melchizedek shows up. That's where we see him. And uh, we see that uh, in the book of Genesis uh, that, let me read it to you, that in chapter 14, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be, be Abraham, God and Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And that is, Abram gave him a tenth of all. Now the king of Sodom and to Abram, give me the persons. So he goes on, and here, here's these, these few sections on Melchizedek, who is king of Salem, which is peace, and um, he is, uh, of course, a, a priest as well. So 
um, he is the king of righteousness, is what we're told. So he comes from, the bottom line is this, uh, the Psalms speak of him as well, as uh, speaking of Messiah, who comes from a superior priesthood. And so he comes from a priesthood that shall um, last forever, priesthood of the Most High God. I guess I misunderstood what they were saying. I thought they were saying people were arguing that Melchizedek couldn't be a king and priest because he didn't come from the line of Aaron. And I was thinking, how could he? He was born before Aaron was. (laughs) I guess I misunderstood what they were saying. Yeah, and and the thing is, is um, the Hebrew reader would say Jesus couldn't be that that priest. So the writer right. here is making the case. Listen, he's from a superior priesthood, and we also know that the Psalm speaking of the Messianic Psalm, I believe it's Psalm one ten, and I just want to double check my sources here, um, is speaking of uh, the coming Messiah. And let me pull it up for you. See if I'm correct on that. Um, that, uh, yes, that this is a psalm of David that's speaking about the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. You know, it's talking about Messiah, the messianic psalm, and the Lord has sworn and he will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So David even recognized that the coming Messiah was from another priesthood. So, Uh you know, going through chapter 7, you know, doing a study of it, um, because here's the thing, that the Aaronic priesthood um, of the Old Testament, it couldn't complete the work that Jesus did. Right. That's why they had to do the animal sacrifices over and over and over again. It was to cover sin. It's the Hebrew word kofar, and, uh-huh. and it never was finished. And Jesus, who comes from, you know, uh, 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 priesthood of the Most High God, a priesthood forever, he died once and for all for sin. So his sacrifice was able to take away sin once and for all. And I think that's the important truth that, that the writer of Hebrews is getting across. No, he's not from you know the, the Old Testament Aaronic priesthood because that Uh-oh. could not accomplish taking away sin. So he had to come from a superior um, superior priesthood, and that is after the order of Melchizedek. Now, the question is, um, and it's an interesting study, and it's a little bit of a debate, uh, Lori, is Melchizedek that came in Genesis, was that a Christophany, appearance of Jesus Christ? Mm. Or was it was it some somebody who, you know, was a, a Christ-like individual? So that's the debate. Mm-hmm. Was it actually Jesus or not? So, oh, Okay. Yeah, personally, okay. and I, I think it was Jesus, because who else would it be? <laughs> you know, he's the king <laughs> of righteousness. He's the king of peace. Wine and right. bread speaks of communion. Abraham gave him a tithe. So anyway, there's there's a lot of connections that are there, but the important thing is um, that he was from his superior priesthood who was able to do the work of taking away sin once and for all. Hopefully that well, helps. And, yeah, no, that I that helps clarify, because I was thinking the argument was against Melchizedek, not about Jesus, and or both. Um, and so that helps me a lot. And, I was, and it's funny, too, because I think well, 
people argue that Jesus couldn't be both, but he is God, and of course he's both. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. the ultimate ruler of everything, so he's king, priest, everything. So, yeah, and of course a- he is. After, yeah, of course. And then in Hebrews chapter 7, after it says, you're a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, for on the one hand, there's an annulling of the former commandment, uh, Hebrews uh-huh. goes on to say, because of its weakness and unprofitableness, for the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to God. So Jesus brings that better hope that the law couldn't, because the law can't yeah. save, can it? The law can't no. save. So he had Absolutely to come from not. another. He had to come from another priesthood. So, mm-hmm. hey, that's great. Love it. So keep okay. studying, keep reading. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. You have a great weekend. You have a good weekend. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, let me go back and see where we're at. And um, so, yeah, Hebrews can be kind of a complicated, a little bit technical, uh, but it's, it's, it's a book that's very important for us as Christians to understand and grasp that Jesus is superior. He brings a better hope and, uh, and uh, a better sacrifice because he died once and for all for our sins. Hey, let's go to Stephen and Greeley. Stephen? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. Okay. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. I was just seeing if I could get some prayer. Um, I just turned 30, which for some reason it was a traumatic birthday in my in my brain. And mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been a Christian since I was young. I accepted Christ when I was about three years old, but I remember it very clearly. And I heard something on one of the sermons on Calvary Live, and for some reason my brain all of a sudden cannot grasp. Like, death scares me. It never scared me before, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And it's okay. because I don't—my I, brain can't grasp eternity. I know that I will never be able to grasp eternity. Um, but it's bringing a lot of anxiety and panic. Like, the panic was already there because I have other issues that I'm trying to battle with, internet addictions and things like that within the community of people I have with me from church and stuff like that, but okay. I don't know what's going on inside right. inside my brain and my soul. I'm feeling a lot of conviction, and I'm not sure how to quench those fears and panic and actually work through that conviction. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's something that people can go through. They Here's where the battle can really be, uh, Stephen, is in the mind. Um, uh-huh. Because... What comes into our minds, it really can affect us. Um, You know, the Bible says we're three parts, spirit, body, and soul. And the soul can be likened to the emotions and the mind that we have, and that's where the battle takes place. So that's why Paul writes a whole lot about renewing your mind. Uh, Mm -hmm. What comes into your mind is really important, and I'm very thankful that you've known the Lord um, since you were a child, but what can come in is fear, what can come in is doubt, what can come in is anxiety, those things, just because of the circumstances of life, um, because, um, you know, the enemies, the accuser, the brethren who accuses us day and night, he, you know, battles the mind, he he tells us things that aren't true, um, you know, things that come into our minds that we looked at, and what we watch and see, it's constant, isn't it? It's constant uh-huh. all the time, Stephen. 
So it's really, really important that you fill your mind with the things of the Lord. You know, Paul talked about have the mind of Christ in the book of Philippians. Um, He writes in Romans, he says, be renewing your mind. Um, He says uh, that don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That that means a moving, a shifting, uh, like transportation. Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul would also write in Philippians chapter 4 that um, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. He goes on and he says in the next verse, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So in you know three verses, we're told that as we go to him through prayer and supplication with the heart of thanksgiving, because, Stephen, you can be thankful that the Lord has saved you. You belong to him. And when I heard you speak and you said, I know, it was real to me when I got saved. And as you go to him, you know, in prayer, giving your heart to him, and then meditate on those things that are noble, those things that are just, those things that are pure, lovely, of good report, meditate on those things, those things which you have learned and received. So it's really important that you be renewing your mind, that you have the mind of Christ, taking in the Word of God. I know for me, Stephen, I need that, because if I'm not taking in the Word of God, I get so stressed out. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I look at all the things around me, and it moves me. And one of the things that you might do is, for me, I always find myself going back to the Psalms um, and read those Psalms, you know, read them over and over again. Because David expresses how, you know, the trouble that he's feeling. He, he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? But he always turned to the Lord, and they, there's great comfort in those psalms. Be reading your Bible every day, you know, listening to praise music. We have information and stuff all around us that bombards us 24-7 that, you know, it drives us crazy. And, and and people are so moved by all the information and the negativity and the the worldly stuff, we have to be taking in the Word of God constantly. And I want to encourage you in that, and be in prayer, and be looking to the Lord constantly and continually, and every chance that you have. You know, for, for me, a good, you know, advice I give to anybody is, you know, turn the TV off, you know, get off social media, you know, put the computer away, and spend time with the Lord. And if you're doing that, you're going to go to bed with a whole different mindset than if you, you know, you're pulling all kinds of stuff up. And I'm not saying you can't do that, but I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. Prioritize being in the Word of God, listening to praise music. You know, keep it on Grace FM, you know, in your car or truck or whatever you drive, you know, at home, and taking in the things of God, and you're going to find... You know, that, uh, and as you pray, uh, that 
God's word is true. He hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. That he begins to give you that peace that rules in your heart. That as you just, you know, trust in him and rest in his love, that is all part of just knowing him more and looking to him. So hopefully that's of encouragement. It is, and all I listen to is Calvary Live for the most part, driving home back and forth to Greeley from work, so or from home. So yeah. you know what? And as much as you can, you know, take in Bible study. You know, listen to good Bible study, and you know, sometimes people think as a Christian, well, I come to church on Sunday and that's it. And um, you know, Stephen, it's like if I only ate one meal a week, I, I would be you know weak physically. You know. Um, for the rest of the week. And it's the same spiritually. And it's not a legalistic thing. It's not that God's going to love you more. But there's blessing and benefit from taking in those things. So whatever things are noble and pure and lovely and true and good report, man, meditate on those things. Because the other things will just begin to weigh you down and begin to wipe you out. And and as if I focused on the world, Stephen... Honestly, I'd be scared too. And it's a scary world out there. And you can rest in his love for you. And in John chapter 14, because you were talking about death is a scary thing, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, Don't be troubled. You believe in me, believe also, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if were not so, I would have told you. And I go and prepare a place for you. Listen, you belong to him. You're a citizen of heaven. You don't have to be afraid. We can rejoice in the fact that we belong to a kingdom that will last forever, and we're going to be with the Lord forever. And I hope and pray that brings you comfort, because this world is what's going to come to an end. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it's, yeah. it's, and so the whole idea of, you know, it's hard to, to perceive eternity. We can't because we have finite minds. But listen, keep your eyes on the things above and keep your eyes on him and know that you belong to him. And he promises you that he will come and receive you to himself, that where he is, you're going to be also. And we're all going to be there together, those of us who put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's the blessed hope. It's the eternal hope that we have. So we don't have to be afraid. Can I pray for you, Stephen? Yeah. Father, I pray for my brother. As you know, these things, anxiety and stuff, is very real. And he just turned 30. Um, to a lot of people, that's young. But Lord, I just pray that he would understand this that he belongs to you and he doesn't have to be afraid, that he can be comforted by the fact that, that we're citizens of heaven. And we have an eternal hope that only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And I pray that you would help him, Lord, to have a peace that rules in his heart, a peace that passes understanding, that he would rest in your love, and, Lord, that he would meditate on the things of truth, and those things uh, are praiseworthy, and those things that are lovely and of good report, and the things which he has learned and received and heard and saw, that the the peace of God may be in his heart ruling. Lord, I pray that you would just bring him that comfort that only you can bring, an assurance that you love him, 
that you see him, you have a wonderful plan for his life. Um, and Lord, that he would just walk in that. So I just lift up Stephen to you. I pray you bless him in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Stephen, he has a wonderful plan for you. Just just let him do what he desires to do. And he doesn't. he's not going to withhold anything that is good for you because he's already given you the very best, and that is his son. So you can trust him. And he's he wants to do... I believe exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think in our lives as we just yield to him and trust him. He he wants to work in your life in a wonderful way. So I, I hope that that you you know come to really just trust that and discover that in your life. All right, brother? Sounds good. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, Stephen. Thanks for calling. Call anytime, all right. Okay, let's go to um Veronica. And Veronica? Yes. Hi, Pastor. Thank you. You're, Thank you for taking you're, my you're call. Absolutely, Veronica. What can we do for you? Uh, well, I need prayer, first of all. And I have a question. Um, I've been married for about nine years already. Both me and my husband are Christians. We're both saved. However, lately, the last couple of months, my husband has been doing things that he shouldn't. Um, and I've tried to help him. I've tried um, talking to him. I've gotten mad at him. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what to say. I know that in the Bible, God doesn't want us to get divorced. If right. it's not for infidelity, which it's not, um, but I don't know what to say or what to do anymore. And and he's just, you know, my heart is heavy. I don't know. I I just I'm just confused. I don't know what to do. Sure. Sure. And Veronica, it does bring confusion, and you're in a very difficult place. And um, you know, when somebody begins to be pulled away by the things of the world or by drugs or something else, it, it can be very hard to get a hold of them. And um, so you're in a place of prayer. You're in that place of, of just lifting them up to the Lord and looking to the Lord and crying out to the Lord. That's the place that, that you're, you're in. And, um, and you called the right place here so we can pray for you. So, Father, I pray for Veronica. Um, she's in a very difficult place situation right now with her husband um, who uh, disappears, appears, um, has been pulled away by the world, the things of the world, uh, by um, drugs. And, and Lord, I just pray that you would just get a hold of his heart. Veronica has said that he is a believer, but he's struggling. He's in bondage right now. And you're the only one that can truly free him that you would do that, Lord, that you would bring him to that point where he would come to the end of himself, and, Lord, that he would cry out to you, and, Lord, that you would touch him, and, Lord, put a hedge of protection around him wherever he's at right now, but, Lord, that he would have his eyes opened up because they're blinded right now, and his heart softened to where he would repent of this, he would come back home, that, Lord, he would look to you, 
to be the husband that you've called him to be, and, Lord, the man of God that you called him to be. So, Lord, I just lift him up. I pray for Veronica that you give her strength, that you give her hope right now, that you would just bless her, encourage her, Lord, uh, because there's always hope in Jesus. I pray for my sister who's hurting right now for her husband as she's in this place of waiting. So strengthen her, Lord. And um, even as we're told that through trials that you bring patience, you bring endurance, and, and Lord, that um, she would see you working um, in the days ahead, in, in the hours ahead towards her husband. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Veronica, we'll be praying. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you very much for your word. You bet. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Okay, very hard. And I'm sure many of you listening that you're in a situation with somebody that you love. Maybe it's a son, a daughter, maybe a spouse, maybe a family member that... um, that you know is being pulled by drugs or alcohol or in bondage to something keep praying and we're here to pray for you and and keep in fellowship with other believers that will pray for you and pray for your situation and come alongside you and strengthen you we need each other we need each other in the day in which we're living in for strength and and uh, for encouragement there's blessing and benefit in being in fellowship so um, I want to encourage you in that way let's go to John in Inglewood John? John, are you in Inglewood? Are you there? Let's try. Not there. John dropped. He ta- He wanted to ask a question, and I might go ahead and touch on it, about rejecting why would a person reject a trinity as a doctrine, um, that um, he has somebody that he's ministering to that doesn't believe it, advice. Just show them the scriptures, and and one of the advices that I would do is mark down those scriptures that show that, of course, that um, Isaiah goes through, Isaiah, those chapters like 44, 45, that talk about there's one God, and there is um, none other. There is no God before me, nor any God after me. Isaiah declares that very clearly. We see that the Lord gives his character and attributes that are there. He's the first and the last. He's, um, you know, the one that's going to uh, come and, and give reward uh, that's in his hand. You can make a list in Isaiah, and then you can compare it to where Jesus says, I am the first and the last. I'm the Alpha, the Omega. I come. Behold, I bring my reward with me. So it proves that Jesus is God. But you can go through the scriptures, the declaration of Jesus made, of deity, that um, before Abraham was, I am. The religious leaders knew exactly in John chapter 10 what he was saying, that he was proclaiming to be God. Um, Colossians chapter 1, you can go in the book of Acts, you can see how the Holy Spirit is called God, that Peter calls him God. Um, In Acts chapter 4 or 5, I believe, and you can look at that. And so there's all kinds of references that you can point to that there's one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I think a good uh, uh, apologetics book will help you in that, or a good Bible study to lay out these verses for somebody. But it's very, very obvious um, that the Trinity, even though the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but we see it declared very much 
very plainly, very um, specifically that uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit um, that we see throughout the scriptures. So, John, if you're listening, sorry I didn't get a, a chance to talk with you a little bit more on it and to explain it a little bit more, uh, but you can go through those verses and uh, you can see that. Um, that uh, Let me give you that one for the Holy Spirit in Acts uh, chapter 5, I believe, probably Ananias and Sapphira um, is giving. So uh, you can do that. Uh, chapter 5, uh, in the beginning part, uh, Peter would say, how is it that you've agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Um, and he goes on and say that you have lied uh, to God after he has said that you had lied to the Holy Spirit. So those those verses are very, very clear um, that is given to us. So, um, hey, we're towards the end of the the show. Uh, very good questions. It blesses me that you guys are studying your Bibles. It's such a blessing to be a part of your lives. And so I pray that if you have opportunity to be in fellowship this weekend, uh, make sure that you're in a good church that is teaching the Bible, a fellowship of believers that you can belong to that will pray with you and encourage you. Keep listening to Christian radio for those of you out east, uh, Hope and Truth FM. Uh, so blessed to have Grace FM here in Colorado and Southern Wyoming. Uh, keep taking in the Word of God, especially in the days in which we are living in. Uh, be praying for the radio station and for all of us that are on there and what a privilege it is for us to give truth. Hey, God bless you. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.